This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. Uh, I want to jump right into the word of God. Uh, we, uh, like I said last week, uh, we've been on an eight-week study of the book of 1 Thessalonians, and uh, if you've been attending commission for a while, you know that uh, we do book studies, as in we go through books of the Bible, and we break it down verse by verse, and we study the word in an expository way, uh, but we are in a break. Uh, we got done with 1 Thessalonians, and before we jump into the next book, uh, we take a few Sundays just to do some standalone messages, and asking God to speak to us about what God wants to uh, breathe into us in this season uh, of our church. And today, as as I was praying this week uh, and seeking the face of God as to what he wants me to share with the church, God started speaking to me and, and saying that we're in a season of shifting and changing. And in that, we shouldn't forget that God has to take center stage in everything we do. Uh, God started speaking to me as to how important it is for our church and not just our church, but individuals to get into a place of relationship and get into a place of intimacy with him. I'm going to title my message this morning, Let Me In. Let Me In. There's this innate desire within the human race uh, for intimacy, or in other words, to go deeper uh, in relationships. And it's simply a part of the human makeup. Uh, A very common phrase that we have known or heard about and come to know about over the last few years is this phrase called friend zoning. Uh, It wasn't introduced too long ago. And for those of y'all who don't know what friend zoning is, uh, friend zoning is the word that is used when a person is attracted to someone but the feeling really isn't reciprocated. I hope I have uh, put that into appropriate words uh, that that you can understand. Uh, I don't know how many guys are here, how many many guys here have gotten your hearts broken before? Show of hands, not one, not one. Okay, thank you, Gary, appreciate it. One person's honest over here. All the other guys are like, not me. You know that feeling where you want to go into a level deeper and you, you know, and, 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 and they just don't want to. The other person's like, nah, I don't, I don't, let's just be friends, right? My friends would always pick on me because I, I had a crush on the same girl from kindergarten. Yes, kindergarten till seventh grade. But the problem was she had nothing to do with me. She didn't want anything to do with me. And no matter what, uh, it, I was just friend zoned the whole time. We, we could just be friends. It's not you. When they say it's not you, you know it's you. All right? For other people, it's probably relationship with your children. For other people, it's probably connecting with your parents or your dad or your mom. You probably see cool parents out there treating their kids in a cool way, and you, you wish that your parents were cool. Or you want to get into a cool relationship with somebody. Or it's probably a marriage that you're probably, what comes to your mind this morning as I talk about this, this, this relationships that are, that are strained, people that were close to you or, or friends that were close to you. You used to be best friends, but it looks like, you know, they have checked out of your life and they've checked out of your relationship. And, and no matter how much you try, it always meets a dead end. You know, all through the Old Testament, the Bible talks to us about a God who wants to have this deep relationship with his creation, especially the human race, the the man and the woman that he created, but we keep stiff-arming him. 
What started in the Garden of Eden translated into generations and generations, and it still translates to this day, where people are distant and away from God, when the only longing that God has is to have a close and personal relationship with the people that he has created. If you look at the Garden of Eden where God, you know, uh, is calling out for his priced relationship in Adam and Eve. Or if you, if you look at the story of, of Noah where in a world filled with sin, he looks for one man that is righteous. He says, man, I've, I've looked all over. Or if it's the story of the prodigal son, the, the little man who has ran away from home who has taken, taken all the possessions of his father and went away to a distant land and his father is patiently awaiting his return. You know, for many of us, we show up once, in a, once a week and we sit in rows in church in an attempt to get or have intimacy with our creator. But all along, God is screaming, let me in. I don't know how many of you are there or how many of you have been there or how many of you are there right now in your lives, but I've been there so many times in my life and the passage that keeps coming back to me over and over again is this letter written by John to this church called Laodicea, the church in Laodicea in the book of Revelation chapter number three, the last book of the Bible. Uh, go with me to verse number 15 and we're going to read three verses, uh, four verses over there. Revelation chapter number three and verse number 15. If you don't have your Bibles with you, follow with us on the screen as they put the verses up. And this is what God says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that, would I rather that you be either hot or cold? Like God is expressing his preference over here. He's saying, man, I, I, I want you to, to, to come out of this atmosphere that you're in. He says, because you are lukewarm and, and neither hot nor cold, he says, I will spit you out of my mouth. How many of you love coffee here? One, two, three, four. Come on, it has to be more than, yeah, there's a lot of people that love coffee. How many of you love lukewarm coffee in this place? Come on, somebody. One per Vicky, we need to pray for you today. After service, altar call time, just kidding. <laughs> Everybody likes either hot coffee or cold coffee, right? It's, it's either one. And, and, and God knew that, man, we were a race that's going to love cold coffee. And, and he included the cold in there too. And he said, you are neither hot nor are you cold. You're somewhere in between. Like, like have you been there where you, you take a sip of the coffee that's been lying around for a long time and you, you, you're like, you, you want to like throw up? And, and God's like expressing that same emotion and God is taking a sip out of the church in Laodicea and he's, he's trying to understand where that temperature is and where they're standing with God is. And he says, man, I, I, it's, it's like I want to spit you guys out of my mouth because you, you, you're not tasteful. You're not hot. You're not, supposed, you're not where you're supposed to be. You're not cold, right? He's talking to us as a church, and he's saying, man, the way you treat people, he's talking about the way that we, uh, the Christians treat other people, love on other people. He's talking to the husbands that treat your wives unfairly. He's talking to the wives that don't respect. He's talking to the children that don't obey. 
All in all, he's talking to the church that is distasteful in nature, and he's saying, man, I've tried, and, and no matter what I do, you guys are not, I, you're not hot, you're not cold, won't you want to be either one? And he says, because you are lukewarm, and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. In verse number 17, he says, for you say, I am rich. I have prospered and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. He says, man, it doesn't change the fact that you have everything. You're rich, you have money, you have possessions, you have homes, and all of that. But God is trying to talk to us this morning and saying material blessing does not equate the right standing before God. Church, we need to understand that neither your job, your, your bank balance, your promotion at work, your good grades, all of this stuff, right? You're saying, man, I have a great job. You, you haven't been fired as yet, right? All these material blessings that you look at and you hold on to yourself and you're like, maybe if I have all these good things going for me, maybe I'm doing something right. Maybe God is on my side. But that's the biggest lie that the Christian can buy into, that material blessings equate God's presence in your life. And the Bible says it is pitiable. It's pitiable. Or in other words, he says, I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for you. How many of you, somebody has looked at you and said, man, I feel sorry for you. If my wife ever looked at me and said, man, I feel sorry for our marriage, I would be disheartened. I would be broken. You know what I'm saying? And God is looking at those people and saying, man, I feel sorry for you because you don't know your own plight. You've been lying to yourselves. In verse 20, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Throughout the scriptures, man, our all-powerful God has one thing that he can't do. You know, the Bible talks about it. He can make you obey. The Bible, there are a number of Bible verses that says, man, I will bring them to my precepts. I will bring them to my command. He can make you obey. He can make you fear him. There are a number of Bible verses that point to that direction that tells us that he's a God that will make us fear him. But there's one thing that he cannot do. He cannot make you love him. He cannot force you to love him. That's a decision that he gives to you. He's searching for intimacy. He values it so much. But instead of a relationship characterized by intimacy, a lot of us have opted for religion. A lot of us opt for this feeling of godliness or the presence of God in our lives. Here's what religion is. Religion is a response to God that treats him respectfully, but not intimately. For a lot of Christians, that's okay. You know, God has become a formula. Go to church, right? Go to Sunday school, go to kids' church, get baptized at a particular age, read your Bible, say your prayers. But let me make a very bold statement this morning. Christianity, without a deep relationship with Christ, is an abstract religious experience and nothing more than that. Relationship with Christ goes deeper than attending a Sunday service or reading the Bible or saying a few verses, taking your children to church. It goes beyond that. You know, the deepest hindrance to intimacy with God is thinking that you already have it. 
A lot of people go through life and go through a Christian life thinking we have, we have reached, we have accomplished, we have been there, we have done it. But God constantly looks at you and says, man, the biggest lie that you can buy into is the fact that you have arrived, you have been there, you have done it all, and you can't do anything more and you don't need to do anything more. Moses, at the peak of his ministry, looks at God in chapter number 33 and he says, God, God is looking at him saying, Moses, what do you want? And Moses says, man, God, you've called me by my name. I've walked with you. I've seen miracles, signs, and wonders. And yet, in chapter number 33, he looks at God and says, God, show me your glory. I pray that we will be people of God that have a thirst for God, not, not people that just come, worship, and go, but in our daily lives, we will be men and women that pursue God and have deep, intimate relationship with God. It is possible for a person to regularly come to church, pray with others, attend Bible studies, right? Listen to sermons, go on YouTube and worship to music, take notes and be in an abstract relationship with the fatherhood of God. This idea that God is the father and there is a God above and the, the, the omniscience and the omnipotence of God, the knowledge, the, the, they, they acknowledge God and they trust in God, but don't really follow Jesus Christ. And that's what I have a problem with today. It's people who think that they don't need to have intimacy with Jesus. Young unmarried people, I minister to you very often. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, listen up. If the person that you're dating believes in God, okay, they believe in God, but does not follow Jesus Christ, I am warning you as your pastor because I love you, tread slowly. Do not commit your heart or your body to someone that has not committed his or heart to Jesus Christ. The biggest lie that you can buy into is that, oh man, he can change or she can change. By the way, we have, a, we have an amazing life group for people that are getting ready for marriage. Like, like if you're seriously dating or if you're engaged and you know, if you're considering marriage, if you're courting somebody, we have an amazing life group of amazing people that can lead you through that journey. Sign up for that. I know some, some of y'all signed up already as the announcements were going on, but the, the actual link to signing, signing up uh, is on Wednesday. So wait for Wednesday to sign up for life groups. Just, just kind of throwing that uh, out there. Here's the thing, the relationship with Jesus is nothing short of an intimate one. It's not this superficial relationship that says, I know he's there, or the man up there, or God is watching, or he, he takes the cliches are not what Christianity or relationship with Christ is all about. It's, it's, it's not superficial. It's, it's something bigger than that. It's something deeper than that. It's this person that stands in your door day after day, hour after hour, knocking at your door saying, let me in. That is the thing that I want to leave with you today, this morning. You know, your regular relationship should be disrupted by intimate relationship with God. Sometimes your regular relationships have a way of coming in between your relationship with you and God. Because here's the thing, an intimate relationship will always require you to prioritize your present relationships. Take into perspective everything that you're going through. Look at Abraham. God looks at Abraham in Genesis 12 and verse 1 and says, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. He says, get up, leave everything because I'm calling you to something bigger. 
I'm going to leave you with you two points this morning. That's all I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to step away from my three points to two points, and, and I'm going to send you home today, all right? You ready for this? I'm going to give you two steps to intimacy, two steps to intimacy. In John chapter 15 and verse number four, the Bible says this. Go with me there. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Point number one that I want to leave with you from this verse is this. Mutual submission leads to intimacy. Mutual submission leads to intimacy. The Bible says, remain in me as I also remain in you. For somebody to have intimacy with somebody, there has to be mutual consent. It is a two-way street. We can't always sit back and ask God to work in our lives when we don't give an inch. We don't do what we're supposed to do. The idea of submitting to God scares so many people because you don't know him like you should. The problem is we can't submit to somebody that we don't know. We can't, we can't let go of our emotions and our feelings and our trust to somebody that we don't know personally. A lot of us don't have a deep relationship with Jesus and because of that, God is like, man, you don't, you don't know how to trust me when it matters the most. See, the goal of following should be to enter into relationship. The goal of, of pursuing should be to enter into relationship. See, when someone is worth your time, you grow into a closer relationship with them. You start giving them your time. It could be a friendship. It could be somebody that, is, that, that you're looking at and like, oh man, that, that's a good friend. You have common interests. And over time, you, you develop this friendship with them. And the amount of time that you devote to something or, or that person, right, will show your affinity towards that thing. Isn't that true? Like anything. It could be Netflix. It could be food, your, your love for food. It could be your, your, a friend that you have, a friendship that you have. It could be a, a person that you're interested in. It could be a boy. It could be a girl. It could be your phone. It could be your kids. It could be your husband, your wife. It could be your work, your business, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Anybody. There's this direct correlation between time and love, right? What you love will consume your time. It's the truth. If you love the Lord the way you tell me you love the Lord, you better give him the time that he deserves. We cannot have intimate relationship with God and intimacy with God by having superficial Sunday morning relationship with God and Sunday morning encounters with God. It has to be bigger than that. Are you responding every single time God is knocking at your door? Are you devoting that time to open that door up and saying, God, come in? God wants you to submit to him because he, is, he has done that already. He has given himself. He says, I am in you. I want you to be in me. See, God won't force it. He will simply stand at the door and knock. You know what he's saying? You know what I want for my children? I don't want them to use me. I don't want them to play me or play my... I don't want that for my children either. I have two amazing children. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. I hate being used. I don't like being used, and trust me, these kids are, they, they know how to use you sometimes. <laughs> they know how to love you, but they know how to use you too. How many parents agree with what I just said? Man, God can see right through that. I can sit down, and I can see my daughters coming up to me, and I know exactly what they want. When they come with those extra kisses... And just the way they call your name, right? And they say, Daddy! It, 
nothing good is going to come out of that. If it's daddy, dada, it's the twiddling of the fingers, daddy, I know that they want something from me. It's amazing, right? It's either, a, can I have candy? Or can we go to the park? Or can we go outside? Can we go have dinner outside? Can we go to Chick-fil-A? Can we go to McDonald's? You know what lights up my heart? You know what, what, what ignites the flame within my heart? When, when I had my five-year-old the other day that came up to me and said, Dad, can I talk to you about something? I was like, oh, yes! I was waiting for this for, for five years. She's only five, and I'm like, yes! Come, tell me what you want. She said, Dad, can I tell you something that, that melted my hand, heart? I said, come, baby, sit next to me. And I cleared everything, paused the television. This was the moment that I was waiting for as a dad all my life, five years old. Oh, this is going to be amazing. Come on, baby. She comes up to me. She says, Dad, can I talk to you? I said, yeah, baby, what's up? How can I help you? Dad, I was a good girl today, right? Yeah, baby, you were. Can I have candy? <laughs> Or the other day, she came up to me and said, Daddy, I have a problem. I was like, yes. Super dad to the rescue, yes. Tell me what your problem is. My toy needs a battery. You know, sometimes, it's amazing what, you know, Kids have that way, and, and that's you and me sometimes. The way we treat God is like that, right? She, she comes to you, or, or you enjoy it. I enjoy the moments that, that she comes up to me and says, Dad, can I just cuddle with you? Oh my gosh, that melts my heart more than anything else. All right? Can I watch TV? Those are things that are, are, I can't trade that for anything else. I love that more than, can I have candy? I love that more than the kisses. I love that because that is an act of love where, where it, I feel so close to my two daughters and, and I can't trade that for anything else in my life, man. And, 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 and that's how God is. He craves intimacy with you and me. But oftentimes, we come up to him and say, God, I really want to talk to you. And God's like, come on, let's, let's have this conversation. Lord, that Lamborghini, you know, that I saw on the TV the other day, God. Lord, would you give me money to buy that one day? Sometimes a relationship is so superficial, y'all. But God doesn't force relationship. My God's not that God that huffs and puffs and blows your house down. He stands at the door and knocks. He doesn't force his way in. He doesn't say, if you don't open, I'm coming in. You better open the door because I want to have relationship with you. That's not my God. My God creates, creates a level of intimacy. He creates atmospheres of intimacy. He knocks gently and he says, if you open, I'll come in with you. We can have relationship. We can have intimacy. And how many of us know that God will never violate our space? But in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, he says, Here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in with him and eat with him and, and he with me. Point number two, write this down. Intimacy is a result of granted access. Intimacy is a result of granted access. How many of us give God willful access in our lives? How many of us allow God to come in and do what he does best in our lives? But, but trust me, it's going to be, how many of y'all love watching HDTV? I love watching HDTV sometimes. 
extreme home makeovers. Go for seven days and come back and we'll have a brand new house for you. That's how God is sometimes. You better know that if you give access to God and you give the keys to God, man, God's going to come in and he's going to do this extreme home makeover God edition and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be phenomenal, right? He's going to walk in and he's going to be like, ew, I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't, don't you know somebody like that in your life that will walk into your house and they will tell you everything that you need to change about your house? Janice did that forever when she came into my, our house. She would always come in and she would tell us, y'all need a clock on your wall. I said, I don't need a clock on my wall. What are you trying to tell me, that I'm late? Like, I have no idea what's going on over here. But she was adamant that every room in a house needs a clock. And she still is adamant. I have no idea why. But we haven't changed a thing for her. We, we love her. She'll, she'll, she'll have to put up with no clock in our house. But don't you know those people that walk into your house and they have their two cents about everything in your house? <laughs> That's going to be Jesus. You give him access, you give him the keys, you give him your credit card and say, God, come change me. Isn't that what we sing on Sunday mornings? I surrender all. Sorry, that wasn't really <laughs> pleasing to the ear, but, but that's what we do. And then, and then during the week when he starts like doing stuff to your surrendered heart, you're like, eh, not that part, God. Not that room. Not this part. That's not what I meant, God. Can we talk about this? Can we have this conversation about this before we address this room in my heart? All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I free. Oh, never mind. Man, we do all this Sunday after Sunday. We say amens to all these good points that are preached. You write it down in your journal. And when God starts working in on your life on Wednesday, it's not exactly how you want it, but he reminds you, hey, you wrote that down in your book. I got proof you wrote it down. Hey, that's why so many of y'all don't take notes because God can't prove anything to you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and you wrote it down. And God's like rehashing it to you. And it's like, hey, I tried telling you. But we make so many commitments to God and we're like, God, I want you to change me from the inside out and this and that. But for so many of us, man, we have so many walls built in our life and we don't allow God to do his work in our lives. We have these walls that are barriers of entry. You know what walls are? Walls are to keep strangers out. That's what walls are. Doors are to restrict access. And for so many of us, our doors are so high for so many of us, we have to remind ourselves, man, we have to let our guard down to be intimate with anybody. Vulnerability is an invitation to intimacy. Unless and until you can look at God and say, God, I genuinely, today, I want you to do a work in my heart. He wants to be invited in. He doesn't want to force himself on you. He doesn't want to violate your space. But he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Would you open the door? Intimacy is a result of granted access. If you think about relationship with a person, any person you want to get into a relationship with, you talk to that person. You have conversations, you, 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 you're in common places, you're in public places, and you meet people. On encounters, you develop relationships, you decide if you want to pursue a relationship with somebody or not. And I'm just not talking about a woman and a man, I'm not talking about you know, a, a, a relationship like that, I'm talking about any relationship as a matter of fact. There's a process and a place for it, it's encounters, somebody has to encounter somebody, and the next step is relationship. The encounter is what will determine the relationship. 
The relationship then goes to a point of intimacy, if it will. If you allow that person access into your life, it then translates into intimacy. There's this process involved. When you start talking to somebody, you're not like, oh, let me open my heart up and let me reveal to you all the deepest secrets of my heart. Man, if any, any woman that you start talking to starts telling you about all her life secrets, the first day you meet her, run away. I ain't kidding. When you talk to him and when you know that he's not a creeper, that's when you give him your number, right, girls? No? I'm afraid right now. We don't have to pray for Vicky. We got to pray for every girl in this place today. It's, it's always encounter that, that leads to intimacy. When he seems normal, then you agree to go out and get coffee with him. That's step number two. After that one date, when you know that he's not crazy, you feel comfortable to actually sit next to him and maybe watch a movie on another date, right? You don't do date number one. You don't gaze into each other's eyes and figure out what God has in store for you. Don't do that. That's not normal. When, when you know you're comfortable enough to stare into his eyes eventually for more than five seconds at a time, you're okay to sit across him and have a nice dinner. It's, it's, it's crazy. It, it all works like this. Your courtship is an inroads to intimacy. Intimacy doesn't happen the first day you meet somebody. Some people want to date Jesus, but you hate to commit to Jesus. Okay? And I need to talk to some people this morning. Because this is important. Some people want to have intimacy with a God that you have never met. With a God that you have never had an encounter with. With a God that you have never tried to pursue a relationship with. He's been knocking and knocking and knocking. And you complain that you don't hear from God. And you don't feel God when, 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 when encounter wasn't really dealt with in the first place. Jesus doesn't want this swipe right relationship with you, fam. He doesn't want a rebound relationship. He doesn't want a hookup or, or, or a one-night stand relationship with you. And my question to each one of you today, is Jesus your rebound relationship or is he your forever relationship? He's in it for the long time, for the, for the, for the long time man. He's, he's the put a ring on it kind of relationship. That's the kind of relationship he wants. He wants a until death do us part kind of relationship. He wants a ride or die relationship. And some of us are okay with friend zoning Jesus. I am a friend of God. La, 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 la. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. And God's knocking away and he's saying, man, you've done that. And some of us need to get this right before God because we've been, we've been putting God out and some of us have been treating him like a rebound relationship. Anytime something doesn't go wrong at work, man, you're at church next Sunday and I'm like, hey, good to see you. Pastor, pray for me. My work is... I'm like, where were you all these last few months? You got an amazing job. God blessed you. Or some of you other people, man, when the health goes bad, that's when you come to church. Pastor, the church needs to fast and pray for me. Welcome back after six months. I'm stepping on some toes today, and I'm not going to get some amens. I'm not going to get preach, pastor, preach. That's okay. Can I be very honest? Sometimes God gets tired of being friend-zoned, and he's like, let me in. 
See, the secret of intimacy is the word itself, is in the word itself. Remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch that can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And the message translation says this, live in me. Make your home in me, just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. The Bible is clear. Remain in me. When you remain in me, you will bear fruits. Fruits are a result of intimacy. Fruits are not a result of superficial relationship. I hope I don't need to go in further. Time alone is important in intimacy. There were times where God pulled Abraham aside, alone with him. God pulled Moses aside, alone with him. Jesus walked into into the desert, alone with his father, up into the mountains. Any significant promotion that has happened in the Bible happened in isolation. John receives his revelation by himself when no one is watching. Sometimes it's in, it's in places of, of meditation and aloneness where God looks at you and says, man, I want to go deeper. And for some of us, God has been asking you, can I go deeper? And you're just afraid to allow him in because you feel vulnerable that he can see right through you. But guess what? He can see right through you nonetheless. He knows you from your mother's womb. That's what the Bible says. He knows every hair on your head. He has it numbered and he says, man, I got you, I got your back. I love you. I care for you. Give him access or no. He knows every detail about your life. The thing that you got to do is say, God, you know what? I know you know already. Here's the door. Come in. Do what you got to do. Change me. Transform me. Sanctify me. Do what only God can do. You know, in John chapter 15 and verse 4, worship team, you guys can get ready to come up. In John chapter 15 and verse 4, there's this this verse that is so powerful. It says, live in me, make your home in me, just as I do in you. Okay? The message version says this, live in me, make your home in me, just as I do in you. I want you to do something with me right now. Close your eyes, everybody. Close your eyes. Wherever you are, just close your eyes. Don't worry. I'm not going to throw anything at you. I want you to take a second. I want you to look at your life like your home. I'm going to say that again. Look at your life like your home. It has a door. It has an entryway. It has a dining room or bedroom, bedrooms maybe. A laundry room, it has bathrooms. Imagine each part of your life as a different room today. I want you to think about the different factors of your life that form those different rooms. For some of y'all, it could be jobs. For some of y'all, it could be relationships. For some of y'all, it was, it's probably the, the family your parents, what defines you? What, what are the characteristics of that house that makes the house the house? What are the rooms that you're proud of? If somebody comes in, what are the rooms that you're gonna take them to and you're gonna show it to them and you're gonna be proud of? What are the rooms that you just want people to stay out of? Because you know there are many of those. I 
want you to open your eyes up. What do you do when someone texts you and say, hey, we're coming over? If you're at home and someone says, hey, we're coming over, what do you do? Some of you are like, we tell them we're not home. No, I'm just like, like if you're truthful, what do you do? <laughs> you know it's right, y'all. Leave, someone said leave. Thank you for honesty today. <laughs> someone said they're coming over, we're gonna leave. We don't have to lie. Text them 10 minutes later, we're not at home. No, but naturally, what do you do? You, you go clean up, right? The nice people clean up. All us devils are the ones that run away. The nice people clean up. You invite somebody into your house. You let them in. And you bring them into your, into your house. And there's an area that you entertain people. For some of y'all, it's your formal living room. There are other people that are in deeper relationship with you that you say, you know what, I, I want you to come from there to maybe our family room. It could be your living room. Maybe if they're closer, you invite them into your kitchen and, and you guys, you know, have snacks in your kitchen. You talk in your kitchen. There, but, but, but aren't there those places in your home that you simply won't let anybody in? Like, nobody here would be like, as soon as somebody rings your door, come on, everybody, let's go to our master bedroom. That's where the party is. No one, anybody does that? We need to do a lot of prayers if somebody raises their hands. Nobody, no, no, no. We know that's where the magic happens, but we don't need to see no magic today. I'm just being honest this morning. We don't. There's some places that are sacred. I don't take people into a master bedroom. See, for me, it's different reasons because all the trash that's in the living room, the toys, they are thrown into the master bedroom. That's why nobody goes in there. What are the rooms in your life that you don't let God into? Here's the thing, as long as you treat God as, a, as company, as long as you treat God as an acquaintance, as a neighbor, as somebody that said, hey, can I come over? You can never have intimacy with him. And I repeat, you can never have intimacy with him. You know why you don't let people in? You don't let people in because either you're very, it's, there's a very private part of your life that you don't want anybody to see or Either it's too dirty for people to see. It's either one of those two things. Because what are we taught? We're taught that everything has to be perfect before people come in. But the problem is, God is not everyone. Jesus does not have a requirement. He isn't the one that walks in and judges you for everything you have going on in your house. You know what Jesus is? I was preparing this message and I was like, man, Jesus is like that plumber that came to my house last week. We had one of our main drains clogged and we had to call the plumber and say, hey, we need help. <laughs> but I had to allow him into one of the rooms in my house that I'm not like super proud of. I don't like host parties in there. 
But here's the thing, if I, if, I, if I wanted it fixed, if I wanted my pipes to be fixed, if I wanted my, my junk to be removed, if I wanted my, my drains to be unclogged, I had to first admit that I had a problem and instead of addressing it myself and DIYing it, which I would normally do, I had to say some things are left to the expert and, and sometimes you got to put your hands up and say, I can't do it by my own. Because if you think that way, you will always lock God out of the, the, the areas that only He can clean and He can fix. And trust me, sometimes it gets messy and sometimes it gets dirty, but it begins with a come into my heart. It begins with a come in, take place, take your rightful place in my life. God wants more. He wants more than the superficial. He wants more than the God, I love you. He wants to feel it. Jesus wants that extra step from somebody here today. And if there's one scream that, that you can respond to this morning, it's that scream that says, let me in. Would you stand up to your feet this morning? We're going to spend some time in prayer. But every Sunday, we, every, every month, the last Sunday of every month, we get a, the amazing opportunity to come together as a church and take communion together. I'm gonna, I, I want to make sure that the the team outside handed communion cups to everybody. Is there anybody that's standing here that hasn't received a cup? If you would lift your hands, I'd make sure someone brings it to you. If there's anybody that hasn't received the elements, would you just lift your hand up? I'm assuming that everyone did. Man, we get to enjoy this amazing moment as a church family. Or we can just come together and, and enjoy one of these one of the two sacraments, the, the first one is baptism and the second one is, is the Lord's table like we're observing today. This is an open table today. We, we don't own this. We, the, this does not belong to us. We do this because of the sacredness that it holds. And in a moment, I'll talk to you about that. But, but the other aspect of that as a church that we believe in is, is the next step in your relationship with Jesus. For some of us, you're wondering, man, what is my next step? My, my, for, for some of us, it's getting into a deeper level of intimacy with God. Saying, God, what do I need to do next? Is, is open your words, start reading it. For some of us, it's prayer. Some of us need to pray more to get more intimate with God. Some of us need to have conversations with God more. Some of us have stopped talking to God all of, all, all together. God's like, man, let me in. For some of us, we're, we're professing Christians. We're like, what do we do next, Pastor? And for some of us, it's baptism. And, and for some of y'all, if, if you have never been baptized, I want you to think about that. What is baptism? Baptism is looking at God and saying, God, you know what? Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, that died on the cross for my sins. And because of his death and his burial and his resurrection, I want to identify with him. And, and the way that you identify as a Christian and as a believer is by showing it to the world. Telling your family, telling your friends that you are set apart, that you are bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And the first step that you take towards that is by admitting and saying, God, I need to take that first step. 
giving your life to Jesus would be like the, the man that goes on one, one knee and proposes to his, his girl and says, would you marry me? And puts that, 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 that ring on her finger. And she says, yes, 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 of course I will. And a lot of y'all have made that decision to follow Jesus. And if you haven't, I want to give you that, 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 that decision today and say, I want you. I urge you to make that decision. He's standing on your door and knocking. Respond to him today and say, God, I want to let you into my life. And for some others, it's, it's that marriage day where, where you seal that covenant. It's not just that I got a ring on my finger and you, and you flaunt it, but you plan for that day where you're like, I'm going to make a public profession of my faith. What you did in the mountains or in front of the waterfall between you and your fiance was a private moment. And for a lot of us, meeting Jesus is a very private moment. But one day you will tell the world, hey, I made the, the best decision in the world and that decision was to follow Jesus Christ. And you know what that day is? It's the day that you get into that water when you say, man, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want everyone to know that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And just like a woman and a man will stand on their wedding day and they will exchange vows and they will say, I take you to be my wife forever and ever. Just the same way you get into that water and say, Jesus, this thing that I'm about to do is a decision that I'm about to make in front of family and friends and for the world to see that I am no longer off this world. I am a son and a daughter of Jesus Christ. And for some of y'all, that's your next step. That's what seals the deal. As we approach this, baptism is something I want you to think about. And the second thing is, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you, church. If there's anybody here that doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus, I encourage you to have that today. But this table is open to anybody and everybody that has a relationship with Jesus today. If you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that's all we ask today. If you don't, I want to pray with you right now so that you will be able to participate with us because I want you to understand the importance of this. If you want to accept Jesus into your life, it's simple this morning. If you say, Lord, I want to let you in. Here's a simple prayer. You ready? Just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my King. I am a sinner. Forgive me. Forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Be my King. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I accept you into my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you said that prayer this morning, welcome to the kingdom of God. Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.